welcome everybody. We got, I think, a pretty good episode today for you. Good morning. How are we doing? A little on the earlier side than usual. Might have a pretty long episode here. I don't know. We'll see how far in discussion we get. How's things been? You said you had a late 4th of July. Uh, well, it's typical 4th of July nights, you know. Mm-hmm. People thinking they can just go out and shoot fireworks wherever they want to, then start fires on the grass, start fires on their homes, other people's homes. It's not hot, not recommended. <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's illegal inside city limits, but nobody pays attention to that, right? Well, eh, depends on where PD is at the time. Like if they're close to it, and they see it, they'll go look for it and shut it down. But yeah, other than that, there's just so much other stuff going on around the city. It's hard to combat it all. Yeah, yeah, same. I, I think it's illegal in city, but there were so many fireworks going around. It's just like there's no point of even trying to stop everybody, but there were so many grass fires, at least in our area that I know of. Uh, we had one where some guy lit one firework off and it hit the bush in front of harps and man, it looked like a structure fire the way it was smoking the whole <laughs> part of that section up. We we're like, this is this is just a bush, is it? And get over there and it was just a pretty good sized bush that was getting it pretty good. So that was about the only action we saw and like you being up all night. Oh yeah. You know, but that's the nature of the beast of our job. So, you know, yeah. we signed up for it. Yeah, that is true. That is true. There was a bunch of them last night, but hope everybody still got their fingers this July 5th, 2023. Um, I know some people probably don't with how many calls are out there. It's just bound to happen. Somebody, I saw where someone said, people are going to bed tonight, not realizing this is the last time they'll have 10 fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you never know. So enjoy your fingers while you got them, especially this this Fourth uh, of July holiday. Uh, but we're on episode ten, man. We're cruising along. This might be the last one we do for about a month. I'm about to go on vacation and be MIA for about a month. So where are you going? We're going to Africa, Kenya, Nairobi to narrow it down. The brother-in-law lives down there. He does some mission works down there and took the whole family down. And uh, me and the wife are going to go down there for about 20 days and hang out with them. Be a good hey. time. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Get yeah. To travel a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never been to Africa. Um, be excited. I always enjoy going places where you know somebody or you have a connection. And that way we got a free stay, free vehicle. We're only spending our money on on excursions and stuff we want to do. We're going to go to the East Coast and go to the Indian Ocean by Diani and stuff like that. And yeah. just enjoy it, man. Have a good little trip and been saving up for it and excited to go. And it's, shoot, June disappeared. It flew by. So I was like, oh, we got a month. And then I was like, oh, we got a week now. And it's just like it's right here coming around the corner. But Are you saying that? You're saying that? I just think of You know, a little photo action, little rains in Africa. Yeah, probably gonna be jamming out the whole that the whole way down there. You have to. If you don't, I'll be disappointed. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know it's hot where in the state you're at is when you're going to Africa to get away from the heat. Oh man, <laughs> it was pushing yeah. 105 the other day with humidity and. Africa, I looked up the temperature and the high is like 75. So I'm pretty pumped. Hey, like, your, cam- your camera just cut out. I don't know what happened. Well, hopefully it's still recording. Can you still yeah. see me? 
I can't see you, but the thing in the it still says recording, so I think we're good. Yeah, it says recording. We'll we'll keep rolling with it. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, it's like nights are in the upper forties, low fifties. Daytimes like upper seventies. I'm oh. stoked. Perfect yeah. weather. Yeah, it's like San Diego. Yeah, I'm pumped. We'll be we'll be down there for a bit, and then we'll, when we get back, we'll get another episode in. So. Oh, sure. And you know, I'm about to let you brag about that and here's all the good details. Yeah, definitely fill you guys in next time we get back on air. But we're gonna jump into we got I mean we got NBA, NBA draft. Uh we got shoot NFL, NFL uh free agencies. Uh we got some MLB. We got we got a little bit of everything, college, baseball, and football. So We'll jump into NBA back in uh, June 16th with Ja Morant is what we're going to jump into. I know that's been about half a month ago, but they finally got the ruling. I, I, don't, I don't know when it came down. A couple weeks ago, he was suspended 25 games without pay because this is his second offense uh, for waving a gun on Facebook Live or Instagram Live, whichever one it is, but just – not smart. Not yeah, just, uh, sorry, go ahead, finish. Go ahead. I was done. No, I was saying it's like I was listening to it on 105.3 down here. Um, and they were talking about that same thing. It's like he didn't just find one. I mean, yeah, don't have your gun in the club. And two, don't live it. Don't stream it. Because then it's like, oh, well, well, now we have hard evidence. Now we can go at it. And so it was, it was really, it was self-inflicted. No, mm-hmm. no pun intended right there, but um, it, he comes out, you know, he's apologetic. He says he let his team down, and then immediately turns around and does it again. Yeah, it was uh, less than two months after he did it again. And, not, I mean, I don't want to say in his defense because you just got in trouble for it. Don't do it again. But it was somebody else filming, I think, live, and he was in the background waving around but then again you just got in trouble for it yeah. and you're gonna go around doing it again you can't tell me you don't have enough money to have the other three guys in the car all strapped with guns whatever you need a gun for you know you can pay for your own security i got all the numbers breakdown if you're ready for this this is this is nuts no, um, it says with the 25 game suspension uh he'll lose game salary at about one 110th mark of what he makes in in his contract mm-hmm. because he just signed a five-year contract 192 million uh he'll make in the 2023-24 payout he'll make around 33.5 million uh so each game he's going to lose three hundred four thousand dollars. and in total after the 25 games it should come out around 7.6 million he's going to lose after not playing 25 games it's like a nickel to them now. Yeah, but still, I mean, 7.6, you can pay for full-time security yeah. with guns and not have to have a gun ever in your life. Yeah, that's just, it, it's unnecessary to, to do something like that. I mean, One of the up-and-coming players in the NBA. Guy's good. You just completely blindsided your team doing those shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, 25 games is enough to either put you behind the eight ball starting the season or make you out of playoff contention. I know that's early, but still, that's, you know, that's one-fourth yeah. of their season, right? I mean, look at the A's. After 25 games, they're eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's different. That's different. Really different. But 
I mean, it's it's I would say it's selfish, especially after you've already been. I mean, slap on the wrist first time or get in trouble the first time. Yeah, my bad. I shouldn't have been doing it. Second time within two months. That's that's all you, bro. You need to figure it out pretty much. Like that's you're letting everybody down from the organization to uh, your teammates to the agents to everybody and hopefully learns his lesson. I mean, he's gonna be missing that seven point six million, that's for sure. I mean, how can how can anybody in your organization trust you anymore? Exactly. Two months. Two two offenses and within two months. Like it's just yeah. like, dude, we just told you. What are you, eight-year-old, just go around and do it again right after I told you no? You know, I just, I mean, I don't know. I figured you got that much money. You can find ways around not just having a gun on you. So let's see. I guess they play 82 games during Mm -hmm. the regular season of NBA. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's over one-fourth. Yeah. I mean, that's between a third and a fourth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. I mean... I saw where it was. Derrick Rose got picked up by Grizzlies or was thinking about it. Uh, I'm not sure. They said their new emblem should be guns and roses. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the internet is undefeated. Is undefeated. It cracked me up when I saw it. I was like, ooh, that's funny. That's good. Here we go for that one. That was good. That, that but, is. That's well played. <laughs> I don't know if that's I don't know if he's going or rumors. I just saw that emblem where they said Guns N' Roses. If Derrick Rose went or did go to Grizzlies, I can't I can't deny or confirm that that's happening. But yeah, I just thought that was pretty funny that that they said that. But man, I hope he gets it locked down. I hope he comes back and I hope he walks tight. I mean, not walk tightrope. Just don't break the rules. The rules are there in place for everybody. If everybody's around waving guns, you know, NBA wouldn't be known for how prestigious it is and how big of a business it is. And it is a business. And hopefully he learns his lessons. I think if it happens one more time, he might be jobless or kicked out of the NBA. So oh, for sure. hopefully he gets it together. I mean, guys from nowhere played at what? Uh, uh, who's the racers out of Kentucky? Wasn't he out of Kentucky? Um, small D1 there. I can't remember. But came out of nowhere, kind of pulled like a Steph Curry in the NCAAs and dominated and then got drafted. And, and so hopefully he turns it around and, and gets it straight and just just play by the rules, man. It's it's not that hard. I know you got that money and it feels like you can do whatever, but everybody's got some rules to go by, which that will take us into the NBA draft, which we're talking well, about. Real quick, First, one day ago that it says Derrick Rose and Memphis Grizzlies agree to terms. So they are going to? Yep. Okay. Guns and Roses, here they come. <laughs> need to switch their City Connect uniforms. Need to be uh, need to be the Guns and Roses logo. <laughs> Murray State, Murray State, Murray State. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where he's from. Okay. But, you know, yeah. You know, NBA. NBA draft. Uh, first pick, Victor, and I'm going to butcher this. Wimba Yamba? Wimba Yamba? From Frank? Huh? <laughs> Wimby? <laughs> I'm going to say Wimba. Wimby. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, say, we'll just say Victor. We'll just say Victor. 
out of France, right? Yeah, he's out of France. He's out of uh, Chesney, France. 19-year-old, 210 pounds, 7'5". Seven 7'5". Five. Seven five. That is a strange bane. Mm-hmm. I think that puts it on you. I'm 6'3", and I got 20 pounds on him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's, okay. he's not the most bulky. Um, no. Sorry, it's Le Chesney. There's an L-E there. Sorry, I don't want to be offensive to any French, Francais people. Um, but yeah, string being 19 years old. Been playing pro ball, though, in Europe since he was 15. Okay. He's played with three different teams. Uh, one was the Natri, Nat, Nat, 92. Uh, second team was ASVEL, and the three is the Metropolitans, 92. Um, so he's been playing since he was 15 and been dominating. And he's had he's got a whole bunch of awards from league champion to MVP to the best scorer to best defender to first team of the of the league all star games and the young voted best young player um, in the whole league. So I mean it's. Guy's pretty good. I mean, he's been claimed to be the best talent to come out of uh, first round or NBA since the last 20 years. So I guess I'm assuming LeBron's who they're referring to. Yeah. I, uh, I'm looking right here. It says he's got an eight-foot wingspan. Mm. Jeez. That's insane. But, I mean, he's like 7'5", and he's sitting there like a point guard dribbling and shooting and all that jazz. I'm like, yeah. dude, the game has officially changed. Mm-hmm. It's like uh who is it, Manute Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, dude was lanky too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how he goes against USA players since he's been playing in Europe. You know, you can be the best in Europe and come and be a bench player in the NBA, you know. But then again, right. people know people know talent, so they're all they they have high praise on him. I've never seen him play. Never seen what he's like, but they gave him high regards, and they 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 gave Spurs a high rating because of drafting him. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into all the ratings here in a second, but yeah, it says he's an elite ball handler, dribbler, passer, jump shot, three point shooting. You got a seven five guy, three point shooting. You know, we thought Kevin Durant <laughs> was ridiculous how lanky he was shooting threes and everything, and now you got seven five. Ugh. That's insane. That's wild. Yeah, he's like shooting down on the rim. Yeah, you're shooting straight shot at the three point line. <laughs> Nuts. Yeah, but he we got the NBA draft grades. If you want those, I mean yeah. that guy's the once in a lifetime generational talent. It seems like there's been a lot of that coming in. Um, I kind of feel like there's a transition in all sports with like the players we all grew up with are now exiting, you know, in every sport. Right. Now there's just kind of these, there's like a new gap coming in. And I think that's in all sports from that one guy we talked about at NHL, once in a lifetime generational talent getting drafted first by the Blackhawks. NBA's finally got a, a guy to talk about since LeBron um, being drafted 20 years ago or whenever that was, you know, and it's just, I'm excited. I'm excited for a future in these new young players, but. With the oh, NBA draft, go ahead. Real quick, you, you know, kind of brought up LeBron. Did you see where the NBA is actually going to implement or looking into implementing the flopping rule and it could be a tech? Ooh, I'm excited yes. about that. Yep. 
Yeah. No wonder he's contemplating That's... retirement early. Huh? So no wonder he's contemplating retirement now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think he wants to play with his son. Yeah. I think if he gets when he gets drafted next year, um, he'll ask for a trade wherever his his son's at. I mean, that's pretty cool though. Like it is King cool, but I don't know who would want that headache. Me neither. Uh, I'll tell you who. Uh, poor team that wants uh, clout and to sell a lot of tickets. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, he could probably talk Cleveland into coming back, you know, for one year and play with his son for one year. I'd say whoever drafts him, drafts uh, his son, will be like talking to LeBron's agent in the next two months after that. I was just thinking Cleveland. You know, he started his career at Cleveland. His son does it, and he ends his career at Cleveland. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I'd be up for that. But the uh, NBA draft, I can't remember when it was. It was like a couple weeks ago. Maybe. Yeah. But they came out with the draft. Um, I'll just give you the A. I'll give you the A's, and then I'll go B's and then C's. So your A's were Brooklyn Nets with an A minus. Houston Rockets got an A. Pacers got an A. Uh, Timberwolves got an A minus. Thunder got an A. Portland Trailblazers got an A. San Antonio's got an A plus because they get you know first round pick. So Utah Jazz got an A. Uh, your B's and Hawks got a B. Celtics got a B. Hornets got a B plus. I'm curious how that went. If uh, Michael Jordan had any part of the drafting part or handed it over before the draft because I know he was selling the team. Well, he's keeping a small stake in it, too, because he wants to spend more time with family. Gotcha. I mean, it makes sense. Enjoy your billions from Nike, you know. Like, go enjoy it. Don't give yourself the headaches of a losing season every every year. Um, Cavaliers with a B. Mavericks, B-. minus. Nuggets, B+. Plus, Pistons, B. Warriors, B+. Plus, Clippers, B. Lakers, B-. minus, Grizzlies, B+. Plus, Heat, B. Bucks, B. Magic, B. Kings, B. Raptors B plus and Wizards B minus, and then you got your C's. Chicago Bulls got a C. Uh, Pelicans got a C. Man, they're struggling. Suns C plus, and that's it. Uh, Philadelphia uh, 76ers, New York Knicks did not have a pick in the NBA draft. I think they only do like what, like three or four rounds, something like that. Three or five rounds, something like that. It's not that many players. Uh-uh. I think NBA would probably be the hardest. Uh, draft to get drafted in. You know, football's got so many rounds. They got like eight or nine rounds. Oh, yeah. Baseball's got 10 or 12 rounds, you know, and then basketball's got like three or five. I mean, but then again, their roster's 12, 13 guys. Or baseball, you got, you can get up to 40 on, in, the, in the fall, but in football, you're 200, whatever the roster is on that. I mean, there's a lot of draft picks coming out of that. That's where you get those uh, Toledo picks. <laughs> Mr. Relevance, you know, you get the guys out of Toledo coming out of there. But where basketball, it's, hey, it's your top two guys or one guy on every team getting drafted. And that's another thing where I was talking about how the game's changing in NBA where you got the 7-5 guy that can handle everything. Man, you had these huge centers in college that didn't get drafted. Like, uh, what's his name from Gonzaga? Uh, Timmy, whatever. But you're man, you're talking to the wrong person really about basketball. <laughs> uh, I'll try to go on what I know. Um, man, there was like three or two or three big time centers 
from like one from North Carolina, one from Gonzaga, um, one I think from UConn. These big guys that had a big role in getting them to the Final Four, that yep. uh, didn't get drafted because they're just they're just not the right fit. They're just, they're the big Shaquille O'Neal type, you know, aren't really considered anymore. When you got these guys that are seven five that can post up and shoot from the three, I think. I read where Shaq only made like one three in his 1,000-something games that he played. And, you know, you got this guy, 7'5", that can post up. Not the not the bulkiest, but can still 7'5", 8-foot wingspan. You're still grabbing rebounds. Mm-hmm. But so he, was um, the pl- player from UConn, was that Sanago? I think so. Okay. I was looking at so. that person. There was a wonderful <laughs> story with, with UConn where he was like, born in Africa and like moved over yeah. and ended up making it to a good D one school. Like never played basketball until he was like 12 or 14. I can't, it might be that guy. That's awesome. But yeah, it was, it was crazy how you like, you see the Timmy guy from Gonzaga last four years, he's been final four, lead eight, you know, every year and goes undrafted. It's just wild. So I don't know if he's going to try to get a free agency. Drew, yeah, Drew Timmy. And, um, I don't, he'll probably get a free agency somewhere in yeah. there. But yeah, you would they, think. Hmm? You would think somebody like that would be able to get a free agency somewhere. Oh yeah, he's a three-time All-American. I mean, made it to the final Final Four, lead eight championship, took two years, I think, last two years or a year, and might have done it too. But um, yeah, Sanogu from UConn. What you're talking about? Guy had 19.6 points during the tournament. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Oscar Tashibui, Tashibui, Naismith Player of the Year in 2021 for the Kentucky Wildcats. Right. You know, just I don't know. I guess there's just that much talent. I mean, and then also, we'll get into the cool story here in a minute. They're they're drafting guys that aren't going to college. You know, other guys are starting to go different routes because I guess it's just not worth it to go college anymore. Maybe with the NIL might compete with it, but they can go somewhere else to an academy or go play across seas and go make a quick million bucks in two or three years and then sign for a couple million bucks, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, The cool story I was going to get to was the uh, twin brothers, Amin Amin or Amon Amin and Ashur Thomas. They're twins. Yeah. Uh, Made NBA history. They went back-to-back picks in the top. Four and five, right? Yeah. They went four and five. Uh, in the first round, Amin went fourth at, to Houston, and Ashur, uh, sorry if I'm butchering these names, uh, went fifth to Detroit Pistons. So those are those are two of those um, like overtime elite guys. Yes, yeah, they're both uh, from Pinecrest High School in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, they took the unconventional path to the NBA, foregoing college, and went to the overtime elites. What it's called. It's an Atlanta-based uh, semi-pro league or just kind of like an academy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so players are starting to do that now. I mean, these these big-time academies can hone in on just these four or five players, you know, to where if you go to college ball, you're competing against everybody in the country to get uh, signed there for a scholarship. Then you got to pay college fees if you're not on a full ride. And then on top of that, you know, you got to sit out a year or you can't be drafted until a year after that. So these guys can go to academy and clock in anytime, have personal trainers anytime, and then just say, hey, I'm paying my fee for the month. You know, I'll get drafted and boom, 
don't have to worry about college or the times because I know a lot of colleges have certain amount of hours you can practice during fall as a team you know this and that they do provide a lot of good stuff that you wouldn't probably get on your own but still I think it I think a lot of guys are starting to go this route to where college isn't the only option to get drafted anymore oh for sure you know it's kind of like uh well yeah it's like baseball you can go to like who's the kid from the the Padres 16 year old or whatever Mm -hmm. I guess he what what did he do homeschool or went somewhere completely different and kind of broke the rules for American-born players to be able to get drafted? Yeah. Well, I know it all started with Bryce Harper, I think, where he graduated his GED early as a junior in high school, went to a junior college, which was supposed to be his senior year of high school, and he's a freshman in, in a junior college in Las Vegas or something like that, and then gets drafted the next year, which would have been his freshman year of college, you know, or just getting drafted out of high school. But he was allowed to show his his talent up against junior college players, which there's good talent in junior college, oh, yeah. uh, just shows that, hey, I can play in the next level at this grade. So draft me, you know, and it, it probably it helped his stock. I mean, what did he, I'm sure he went first or second. What did he go? I can't remember. It has been so but, long. Yeah. And then you forget about Trout. Uh, Trout was kind of undermined on that um, in that class. And he snuck under the radar, and then he's been one of the most consistent ones other than being – Hurt recently. Oh, him ain't bummed. Mm. Yeah. First overall pick in 2010. What, Harper? Yeah. Made his MLB debut, or he got drafted in 2010, made his debut in April 28, 2012, at age 19. So, got drafted at 17, MLB debut at 19. And didn't he promptly get hit? Yeah. Like, welcome to the show. Yeah. I, I I mean, the guy could have just been like, I don't know what happened, slipped from my fingers, because I think he got fined for saying it's kind of a welcome to the show. <laughs> but yeah. it made it better that he said it because it was just like, we knew it was intentional, but now we know. Like, where's it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Pay the fine. Pay the fine. As uh, Pete Alonzo would say, throw it again. <laughs> yeah. Dude, have you seen the stat since he said that? Oh, horrible. Ugh. Horrible. I think I might have it. I might have deleted it. I don't know, but it was hilarious. I was cracking up. Just, or just, just the Mets in general. Since Pete Alonso said throw it again, Mets are six and fifteen. Yeah. For you guys that don't know the story, uh, Pete Alonso, the Mets were playing the Braves, I think it was, yep. and um, Pete Alonso hit a freaking dinger off somebody and crushed it. And when he was coming back to the dugout, he started yelling, throw it again, throw it again. Well, after that, the Braves came back down like three or four runs and beat them. And then the Braves dugout was yelling, throw it again, throw it again, after they just came back on them and beat them. <laughs> and so ever since that, P. Alonzo has been hitting like a buck something. Uh, and Mets are on a downward spiral, 6-15. and 15. So karma will get you in that game. Like they say, that's the way baseball goes. Yeah, it does. It does. But yeah, those uh, congrats to those twins, man. I couldn't imagine what that household's like. Elated. I bet there's some bragging rights for uh, a man for going fourth and his brother going fifth for going before his brother. Uh-huh. Um, I honestly think whoever had him on the board said whoever they take, we're just going to take the other one. Oh, for sure. You know, because they're almost identical talent. 
might be different personalities, but almost identical talent. Uh, so they both, you're drafting the same player, either fourth or fifth. So whoever Detroit, you know, was like, hey, we got a fourth rounder or fourth pick for fifth, you know, so same exact guy. Uh, good for them. Excited to see them succeed in the NBA, and hopefully they don't go waving guns around. So, <laughs> so they learn a lesson from Jaw and walk the straight and narrow. That'll bring us to uh, NFL free agencies, man. It's getting about that time. Uh, we got football starting up right around the corner. You got high school in August, college in September, and NFL starting what late September or early October. Maybe. All I know is the most important thing to come around is fantasy is almost back. Yes. Who won our league last year? I forgot. Uh, was it you? No, wasn't me. I don't remember. <laughs> I've been saying it every time on this on this podcast that I won it. Or uh, was it you and you and Andrew in the championships? No, I think I was in third and fourth, fighting for third and fourth. Then my team just freaking. Decided to post up on the toilet for the playoffs. I can't even remember. I for, I forget after I didn't make it. I was like, I'm over it. I think <laughs> so I actually might have taken third. I think I might have beat the semifinals. But I September can't remember. September 7th. First game? Lions and Chiefs. Dang. that's I thought, For some reason, I thought it was like mid or late September. That's wild. So then college football probably starts late August then. Before we get too deep into it, let's give our condolences to the Mallet family. Yes. That was wild. There's uh there's been a lot of occurrences of riptides down in off Florida. I think over eleven people have passed away in the last few months. Mm-hmm. Not I don't know if drinking was involved. I know that doesn't help when you're getting swept away swept away by a riptide. I think they said he was trying to swim to another swim, uh sandbar and yeah. Yeah. That's still wild. I mean, you think of somebody with that athleticism, you know, and that's how it goes to show how strong those things are. Uh, mm-hmm. Former University of Arkansas quarterback. I think he played seven years in the NFL as a backup, uh, had a solid backup career. I think most, I mean, he was with the Ravens at one point. Mm-hmm. He was with about three or four teams, I can't yeah. remember. But yeah, he was retired and working as a high school football coach here in Arkansas. And man, that's just devastating. You go think you're gonna go on vacation and you come back with one less person, you know. That's that's what's wild. So thoughts and prayers go out to the Mallet family and all his friends and family that knew him or friends that were close to him and players and stuff like that that knew him. Sounded like a good dude and just hate that for him. And if you're ever in a riptide, they say swim horizontal of the bank, parallel with it, or parallel with it, sorry parallel with it and you'll eventually kick out of the current and then you're you'll be able to swim straight to the the bank so definitely try not to fight it that's for sure if it take keep sweeping you out just don't fight it that's where you get wore out and you go under and can't keep yourself up but man never been in one i've been in some gnarly currents like in rivers and stuff and those are pretty sick but the ocean can be a lot crazier and a lot bigger so Everybody be careful out there. If you ever go into the ocean, remember swim parallel to the bank and then go in after it kicks you out. But I, I just get into about knee deep and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm usually under it. I won't be scuba diving. So I'll be underneath it. And if I get any currents, I'll just be like, I'm cool with it. I got air tanks. So. Let's see. August 26th is the kickoff to the college season. Okay. Navy, Notre Dame, 130. Really? Okay. I knew they usually have like this high, high-end game right out of the gate. That just like top five, two teams going after mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's, it's wise. You get to if it, if you lose, it doesn't really hurt you because you got all year to come back. But if you win, you say, "Hey, I got a top five, you know, and you can beat somebody right out of the gate that hasn't had reps in a live game, and you just come out and surprise them." So it's a good. I like it. I like those early clashes of clashes of the titans. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. But our uh, NFL free agency, there's a lot of good players still out there. Uh, sure. I mean, being who are we? Who's the biggest one uh, receiver? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That guy. You got running backs, Dalvin Cook and Zeke. And QBs, uh, I'm not too iffy on these, but they are free agencies and they're big names Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. Um, I thought Matt Ryan was uh, retiring. He signed with CBS as an analyst, yeah. but he said he's not turning his phone off for calls. Okay. So, so it's if, like if a, you need something, something I'm here, if not, I'm Yes. Not. It'll be one of those dream situations where it's like, hey, I'll be a backup for a good, great team. You know, I'm here if you need me type thing. But he's already signed with CBS analysts, which is kind of like a nail in the coffin for your career where you're like, hey, that's my retirement, you know this and that but i i see him retiring i don't see him coming back especially after the year he had colts were high i was high on the colts thinking they were going to do good you know he had good years in atlanta i was like oh he just needs to switch the teams gets on a good colts team then goes like three and ten and i'm like goodness dude so and it looked brutal the last few games he came back in it just looked like the game was too fast for him yeah and he hasn't recovered from that Super Bowl either. Man, that still hurts. That, I think that's just been a mental block for him, and it wasn't even his fault, you know. Yeah, that still hurts. What was it twenty-eight to three? They came yeah, back. Twenty-eight to three. At, at half. Oh, that one still hurts. I blame him for coming down on the field at halftime before half. I mean, I blame the offensive coordinator. True. You, you have the foot on the gas pedal on her throat. Now you're going to change the whole scheme. Yeah. Well, just run some time off the clock. You threw like every down after halftime when you were up 21 point. Yeah. So. If you're going to throw it, swing passes, runs, for sure, clock eaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Carson Wentz, he said maybe a backup role. I mean, he hadn't been – I mean, has the guy had a great year? Ever? I mean, uh, he did lead his team. I think, I think his rookie year, he had a really good year. Yeah. I mean, he led the Eagles to the playoff, but then he got hurt, and then Foles took over. Yep. Foles won a That's Super Bowl. Bowl. Um, you know, it's just like, has he ever had a full year of being consistent? I mean, the guy's good. He's got talent. Then he's had injuries. Then he's had his inconsistencies, but I don't know. I think he's looking for a backup role. So big name out there. I mean, there's a lot of the quarterback shuffle kind of dust died down a little bit earlier in the offseason with quarterback signing early and going places. And that kind of settled a lot of questions. But Right. And he's even said he'd be good with a backup role. Yeah. 
I mean, he he understands at that point in his career right now, he's been in the league for what ten or twelve years, ten, maybe yeah, eight. It might be eight. Uh, it might be a little lower, but for the lifespan of an NFL player, that's a long time. Oh, yeah. But Dalvin Cook is on free agency. I don't understand why no one's picked him up. I thought he was. I thought he's great running back. Money. Is that what it is? Uh, uh, you know. When these running backs kept getting more and more money, that's what everyone started wanting and expecting. So it's yeah. like, you know, at some point, the way in the nature of the beast of this game is now, a running back's lifespan is um, you know, kind of diminished. Yeah. Well, a lot of these NFL teams now are going to like a three, four running back backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, they're rotating them in. One, this guy's my first and second downs. This guy's my third down, you know, guy. This guy's my run and run protect or my pass protection guy. This one's my run protection, you know. This one's uh, my pass catcher. Yeah, here's my pass catcher. So usually these teams now have three to four, you know, deep that are starting regularly, where usually it was just one guy and one guy only. And then when he got tired, this backup came in, you know, for to slop up the rest, you know. But now I think I think what's really changed was uh, Pollard really showed that where, hey, you got if you get a two good running back system where you got your ground and pound guy with Z, you got your pass catcher and can bust a big run anytime with Pollard. You know, these guys are like, hey, why not have three three bullets in the chamber instead of just one? Um, but I think Dallin Cook's a good talent. He's looking towards the Dolphins or the Jets. I think he was leaning towards the Dolphins. And if he goes to the Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to be looking even better than they do already. Uh, yeah. Dolphins, they have a good backfield, too. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you've been the guy in Miami, or not mm-hmm. Miami, in Minnesota. So, I mean, Ahmed, Brooks, Gaskin, Mostert. Mm-hmm. I mean... Well, they got Mostert from uh, San Francisco, I think. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, usually at that age, too, later on in your career, uh, you're looking for a championship, you know, not yep. stats anymore. Uh, he's been around for a little bit, and now he's probably looking for that team to, to help him lead him to the to the Super Bowl. So, so who, do the, who do the Jets have? They got uh, Michael Carter. Brees Hall, Zonovan Knight, which didn't Hall, did he tear up his knee or Achilles? Brees Hall, I think it was his knee. But he was a rookie, wasn't he? And he tore it up. Yeah. And I had that guy for a while. That was a good pick. Got him later in the rounds in fantasy and he tore it up and then when he went down, it was just like, man, that was a game changer. But then, why would he not redirect his sights maybe to Buffalo? Buffalo could use running back. Buffalo is more of a run-first offense because of that weather that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they got James Cook, Damian Harris, Naheem Hines, Latavius Murray. I mean, yeah, all good, solid backs, but you don't yeah. really have that standout. Big well, didn't Hines really get put into, like, special teams now? He's not really doing a lot of running back stuff. He had the, the kick off return. return. He, yeah, he had those two – what two big returns? Oh, he had like four in three games. Well, I was talking about the the two like right after. Yeah. The, the right after. Uh, what's the yeah. name? Yeah, Hamilton. 
Was it him? I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Philadelphia to go pick him up. I mean, since they tried yeah. to stop everything else, they can't pay anybody. But yeah. Well, he is in his. Uh, this will be his seventh season. Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's got 1,282 attempts. He's almost right at 6,000 yards, averaging 4.7, uh, 47 TDs. So his 17, 18, he only produced four. So in the last four years, he's produced, you know, 43 yeah. touchdowns. He had a 13 touchdown season, 16 touchdown season in 2020. And then he dropped off in 21 and, and picked up a couple in 22 with eight. So, I mean, he had his big years in 1920. I don't know if he can recreate those. I don't know if it's just the offensive calls. I mean, his yardage has almost been pretty consistent, about 1,200 yards a year. But, shoot, I think at this time he'll take a cut in carries and touchdowns for a ring, for sure. Anybody would. But also, didn't you have Diggs and Kyle Rudolph and kind of a supporting cast right there as well to help kind of take all eyes off of you? With the Vikings or? Yeah, Vikings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you saw. I mean, Diggs is a big time receiver. Yeah, Al Rudolph is a big time tight end, and you got those two guys. I mean, you got yeah, you know, and then uh, um, Jefferson last couple of years or year yeah. two. So it's almost like, well, so where's the problem lie? Is it? Oh wait, is it your quarterback? Could be, <laughs> could be. But I will see. He's coming back, isn't he? Kurt? Yeah. 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 Maybe the last year on his deal. To be honest with you, that dude, his agent deserves a freaking high five. He's been like the most highly paid NFL player. Have you seen his his paychecks? Well, they're stupid for what he doesn't do. Yeah. I mean, credit to him for getting it. I mean, get the money while you can. Yeah. But like his agent has pulled some moves where he's been the highest paid NFL player. Like recently, like it might not be the big number that Mahomes just got, but it's been consistently like up there. Yeah, so, solid, solid amount. Yeah, I mean it's enough to live on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, if you're good, but um, so where, so, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> where where does DeAndre Hopkins land? Uh, there he's been talking to the Patriots and the Titans. I think he went to, did a couple like meet and greets with both of those teams. Um, I don't know which one would be a better fit for him, a new quarterback with the Titans, or maybe Mac Jones might could use a better uh, wide receiver and help boost his year since he had a down year last year. I don't know if it was a sophomore slump or junior slump, whatever you, what year he's in. But he had a down year last year, which he had a couple good years prior. But I think he, I think he'd be a good fit uh, Patriots. So... Hear me out on this one. Mm-hmm. Why not Cleveland? Because everybody hates Cleveland. <laughs> everybody hates Cleveland, but the quarterback that you put up numbers with is there. Yeah. Do you think that is he scared he's going to get suspended again for rubbing tugs or what? I don't know. I think he's. I think he's hired his own. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cleveland be a good fit. I mean, I, you've always see keep Cleveland at the bottom of the barrel, but. Um, they're going to be forced to reckon with with Watson back the whole year for sure. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking you got 
Chubb in the backfield. You've got Amari Cooper, and then you've got, let's say, Hopkins opposite of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be a deadly duo. I mean, that's kind of probably us when you had Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Zeke. Yeah. That would be a good fit. I just don't know, like you said, money-wise, you know, if, if he's asking a lot or what, because I think, I think DeAndre's still got a lot left in the tank. Oh, yeah. I think he's – yeah, it was Mac Jones's sophomore slump he had last year. He said he'd take a cut for you. Huh? Uh, all I know is he said he'd take a pay cut for Dallas. So I'm like, come on, Jerry. He said he'd take a pay cut. Who, Hopkins did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's what's holding back? Um, Jerry and Stephen Jones. I'm telling you, I'm calling it. As soon as Jerry ha- stops having his hands out of out of the out of the cookie jar, I think Dallas is going to be successful. Yeah. I just think that it's too much micromanaging, mm-hmm. and whenever they're going to be allowed to have a more Guy that's hands off just says, "Hey, what do you need? This one will get you." Which Jerry does that anyways, but it's just I just think it's too micromanaged. Everybody's walking on eggshells. I mean, like Jimmy Johnson was able to do. Yeah, this will be D Hop's tenth year in the league, which is a good career. Uh, he's got 145 games played. He's been targeted 1,371 times. He has 853 receptions. 11,298 yards. He averages 13.2, 71 TDs. Um, yeah. I was. I, I don't know if they have drops on here. Um, what's FD for stats? What's what? Huh? FD. What's, what's FD? Um, I don't know. Can't click it. Huh? Department. Uh, there's one uh, like drops he's had or something. It was like some ridiculous number, like eight, something like that, out of his eleven thousand targets and or thirteen hundred targets and eight hundred something receptions, something ridiculous like that. But, Larry Fitzgerald numbers. Hmm. Larry Fitzgerald numbers. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the same kind of player. They all had the dreads and long hair. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he's good. He's good coming out of Clemson, born in 92. I mean, I still think he's got a couple good years in the tank, and he needs to get on a good team. Oh, yeah. Get away from Arizona. He's been on Houston and Arizona his whole career, you know. That's what sucks. Seven years at Houston and three at Arizona. And only played nine games last year out of the 16. You know, just – a little suspension. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah, speaking of suspensions, that brings us into our next topic with uh, players being suspended. Yeah. Uh, betting violation, league's gambling policy. So there was three players recently, I think. I think Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry of the Colts, uh, Demetrius Taylor, a free agent were suspended indefinitely through at least the end of the 2023 season for betting on NF game, NFL games in 2022 season. So I don't know what that extends to either putting like a over under or betting on a different team, betting on your team. 
but yeah just betting in general mm-hmm. and, and it goes as far as can't play fantasy football yeah that is garbage these guys won't play fantasy football play fantasy football yeah i mean i can understand if you're like in a league like a just say like DraftKings puts on a $1 million winner for the best, you know, whatever, and yeah. you got a little bit of inside. But if you're playing, like, in your league like we do with, like, eight other guys, you know, what's the difference? What's it going to matter? Uh, there's another guy, Nicholas Petit Freer of the Titans, is suspended for six regular season games in 2023 for betting on non-NFL sports at a club <laughs> facility. You can bet on other teams, but but you can't bet in the facilities. So here's the gambling policy by NFL. NFL's gambling policy prohibits anyone in the NFL from engaging in any form of gambling in any club or league facility or venue, including the practice facility per the league. So you can't do any betting of any sorts at the facility. You can't even throw a five dollars down on corgi races or anything, you know. So, yeah, I would kind of think that's kind of sports wide in general at stadiums. Yeah. So you just got to be smarter than that. That's what I'm saying. You kind of you kind of feel like when I first started reading these stories, I was like, "Man, you can't bet on anything. Like that's stupid." But then it's like at your own facilities, like, oh, they got all this other time to make bets. If they want to, if it's that necessary to make a bet, you can do it any time outside of the facility. You know, you're at the facility half a day. You can use the other half a day to go do whatever. So it's their own fault. I guess uh, Nicholas from Titans only got six games because it was non-NFL stuff. But the other three, that probably ends their career because they got released instantly. The two from Colts did. And then the guy that's a free agent, nobody's going to pick him up. So, you know kind of put a death sentence on those three for their yeah, career. If you know it's the rules, and it's kind of hard to blame anybody but yourself. Do yeah. you always agree with the rules? No. Now, sometimes you have to be smarter than the rules? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that brings us back to like the jaw thing. It's like, you know the rules, you just abide by them, you don't lose $7.3 million. So, yeah. yeah. But, mean, yeah. It goes as deep as don't even have friends or family make a bet for you. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Whatever. I mean, unless you really take somebody off, are they really going to know? Mm-hmm. Hey, Tommy, I'm going to give you 50 bucks. Go make this bet for me, but put it in your name. Yeah. You know? I mean, how are you going to find that out? But I didn't bet. I'm going to be your word versus his, you know, even if he does anything. But still, is, is it really that important to bet on something when you're making that much money? No. That's that's what. Go play at the casino. Go gamble or something. Go yeah. red or black. You know, if you want to gamble so much. Yeah. Uh, that's more like money. With, you know what to do with. Yeah, it's like with Calvin Ridley. He was suspended back in 2021 for betting on his own team <laughs> while he was recovering from an inner, injury, resulting in the indefinite suspension, which they say indefinite, but he was reinstated back in 2022. I think he's with Jacksonville now. Yeah, I'm about to say he's a Jaguar. Yeah, he's with Jacksonville now. But, yeah, he bet on his own team. So, I mean. That's a no-no. Yeah. That's kind of cut and dry. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, cheers for him at least betting on his own team, not against yeah. them. <laughs> 
I mean, <laughs> I like my money. I like keeping my money. Yeah. I don't like losing it in silly bets. So I was just like, well, if y'all want to, go ahead. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big fan on gambling. I'm, I enjoy it every now and then, maybe at the casino just for fun. But I look at it as like entertainment. Like I'm going to spend that money anyways to go to a movie or something. Right. That's my entertainment. As long as it lasts a little bit. If it's like five minutes and I'm out of there and I've lost like 40 bucks, I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. But if I get to go back and forth a little bit and spend about an hour, I'm like, okay, that's worth it. Yeah. Put what you started with back in your pocket, play with your winnings. Yeah. But they have so much money, they, you know, they don't know what to do with it. So I guess they just want to bet, try to double, make a quick buck. But, yeah. Well, bring us into MLB. So let's kind of piggyback a little bit off the suspensions and let's go to Wander Franco. Yes. Yes, I got him down here. Uh, rookie, right? Sick. Uh, he came in last year. Well, he's got a couple years under his belt, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. I and think he came in at the end of like two years ago, but he didn't get a full season in. Yeah. Getting benched for two games for his attitude. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, they, they interviewed Tampa's manager, and he said there's really back. nothing that he's doing anything wrong. He's just got to learn how to handle his emotions. Like, okay, I can do that. You're, you're benching a guy to kind of help him in his own cause to save him a little bit so he doesn't get that rep of, uh, well, this guy will complain about everything. This guy's a, you know, turd. He's a bad apple and this and that. So it's kind of a, kind of an eye opener. Yeah. And it shows you, even though you're a superstar, you're not, above the rest you're not going to get special treatment that is true uh kevin cash the manager said it was stemming from the way he handles his frustration and not being a better teammate so my question i guess my question for you being a previous manager of a professional team is do you broadcast that do you tell people oh it's because he's doesn't know how to handle himself you know it's or do you just try to mask and just say he's being benched for rule violation or locker room stuff, you know, like, do you really want to tell, like, exactly what happened? Or do you keep it in-house and keep it under wraps and just deal with it yourself? I can see both sides. You do want to get it out there that, you know, we're a no-nonsense organization. You're going you're gonna to have an old four-day and you're going to be a turd. You're going to sit there and pout and sulk and, you know, even though we won, you're going to be that guy that brings everybody else down. Or you're also being the guy that you go four for four and you're just happy go lucky chipper and even though you're winning you're losing nine to two nothing's yeah. wrong in the world i mean it's it's kind of one of those things that yeah people need to know this is how we're gonna handle things mm-hmm. so you know other players come in even in your organization they see that like oh okay so yeah. who, who knows they may have been trying to handle it in-house and it just got out of hand He's like hey this is what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. It could be that too, to where, hey, we gave you enough warnings. And now that we're officially suspending you, we're telling everybody why. Instead of saying, we tried to handle this in house. And since you're not going to keep, you're going to keep doing what you're doing, we're going to let the world know. And probably came and finally bit him in the butt. Yep. So we don't know the full story. I mean, I know if it, if it was just his first offense, how he handled whatever it is that he did wrong. Um, I don't know if I'd personally want to broadcast that. Just say, hey, it's just in-house stuff. He's being suspended for, um, 
but I'm sure it's been more than one time, and that's why they announced it. So, I mean, good for them for sticking to them. I know there's a lot of players that get away with a lot of stuff, and just because they get that first-round draft pick or big contract or whatever, they're above the law or above approach, and a lot of guys don't do anything about it. But I think everybody, no matter what you're making, you're still on the same level as everybody else. Well, it's kind of like that Bryce Harper and Jonathan Papelbon ordeal in the dugout. Mm-hmm. You know, Papelbon told, simply told him, hey, run. Harper popped back. Papelbon said, no, you didn't. Now do I condemn him, condone him grabbing him by the throat the way he did? No. But I like how he just, like, got back at him. Like, no, you're still young. I'm, you know, I'm trying to help you out here. Yeah. And you're, and you're going to pop back? No. Yeah. I mean – doesn't matter what your age is. If you're rookie or first couple years in, you better listen. I've had a couple of those where I was a rookie popping in and trying to bunt in like the sixth or seventh inning when we're up four or five. I didn't know. I'm used to just, you know, hey, get on any way you can. You know, hey, you're, you're on your throat, on their throat. Don't let up. You know, keep adding, adding, adding. And luckily it went foul. And when I got back in the dugout, I got a chewing from some older older players saying, hey, hit the freaking ball with different choice words because yeah. it's not you going to get hit next. It's going to be one of us getting hit next for you bunning. So, I mean, there's a lot of learning experiences and, and um, things you got to learn and you're not, you're not too good to ever stop learning. But yeah, I mean, Papple Bond handled it correctly other than like you said, the throat clenching thing, but I mean, you can't let them, you got to set an example, make an example of them and, and other people will learn. It's the only way they're going to learn. I'll tell you one of the best ones recently was Gabe Kapler making a pitching change with uh, San Francisco. Pitcher walking off Malvin. Walks in the dugout. Calmly walks by him. Meeting him in the tunnel. Taking straight in the tunnel. I think later that night, got optioned back down to AAA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gave him some attitude coming off the mound. I don't know if he was just playing because he's getting pulled or they've had beef earlier or what. But, yeah, he gave him a look, and he said, okay, come meet me. Meet me in, in the locker or in the hallway and in the tunnel. And, yeah, he got shipped out right after that. So, I mean, you're not above anything, you know. Every day in the major leagues is a blessing, that's for sure. You can't take that for advantage. And talking about somebody doing things the right way, Luis Arias. Yes. Dude's living right, for sure. Dude is living right. He's uh, with the Miami Marlins second baseman, uh, shooting to be the first 400-plus 400, 400 average uh, in AL or NL since Ted Williams in 1941. Um, he was sitting around 400 about two weeks into All-Star break, and now I think he's sitting at uh, 387. 387 is what it is, yeah. Which still. Oh. oh, I wouldn't be complaining at all about it. Yeah. Just getting close to 300 was exciting for me. I was like, oh, I'm right there by 300. I couldn't imagine adding 100 points trying to fight for 400, you know, <laughs> especially at that level. But oh, yeah. why he's hitting that much is because he's hitting everything in every direction. He's not trying to go home run every time. Yeah. Simple um, swing. Simple swing. Take what they give you. You know, he's a 26-year-old kid from Venezuela, um, and he's just he's just hitting what they give him, not trying to do too much, and home runs will come if you're just squaring up the ball every time. Yep. So, I mean, 
He's also, he's hitting uh, 55 points above the second highest batting average, Ronald Acuna, uh, for the Braves, who's hitting 333 before the All-Star break. With 20-plus home runs and 40-plus stolen bases. Yeah, dude's having a year. So <laughs> he's adding all the other stuff, accolades to it, too. Whoever uh, is using his game controller, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on rookie mode out there, yeah. Um, Luis is hitting 140 points above the league average, which is at 240 right now. So he's a whole 140 points above that. Swing hard, see how far we can hit it. One track swing. Yeah, no. Take a book out of the old days. Just yeah. Hit the ball, make contact, put the ball in play. Mm-hmm. I saw, um, uh, what's his name? He's played for the Yankees, now plays for the Rangers uh, and Minnesota Twins. Big lefty. Oh. Oh, Gallo. Gallo. Joey Gallo. Yeah, they said a crazy stat about him. His whole career, he's had three sack flies. Three. Well, he's it took him like, like 1,500 at bats to get the first one. Also like 1,200 strikeouts a year. Yeah, I. I that's something I couldn't I couldn't be a teammate with. That would be so frustrating. Be like, dude, just hit the ball. Like, the best thing that happened to him was the take away the uh, shift. Yeah. So, I'm like, dude, that's that's the difference between the two totally polar opposites is Luis and Gallo, where you got one dimensional swing trying to hit home runs all the time to where just hitting what they give you, and it's like, man, I'd rather have a team full of Luis Arias's than. Nine gallows, you know, trying to go bomb every time, you know. Is he still on the active roster at the Twins? I don't know if he is or not. He's bounced around so much since he was like Yankees, Rangers, Twins. I don't know where he's at now. But Luis's stats right now, which this was probably taken a couple of days ago, is probably different. But it's uh, 303 at bats, 36 runs, 118 hits already. 41 RBIs and hitting around 389, somewhere in there. Um, That's like Ichiro numbers from several yes. years. Yes. If if Ichiro would have started his professional career in the States, he started like 27-year-old rookie, he would have probably beat uh, Pete Rose's record probably of 4,000 or something. Yeah. He already had like close to – ended with like 3,000-something, but only played what – Eight years, ten years. Yeah, something like that. To Thirty-eight or something like that. He's close to forty. But yeah, dude's tearing it up. Uh, Luis says says over a, a full season, the record of average difference between first and second is Josh Hamilton, 2010, who led uh, Carlos Gonzalez by 23 points. Hamilton ended up hitting 359, and uh, Gonzalez ended up hitting 336 on the year. So I know a lot of second half. A lot of numbers dwindle. A lot of guys that got close to 400 was a little above average before All-Star break and then got hot to where Luis has got hot off the beginning of the year. He's kind of dwindling a little bit now, so he's going to have to hit another spurt coming out of the All-Star break. And I know for as a baseball player, if you take any time off, man, it's just like coming out of spring training all over again. If you take three or four days off for All-Star break and you're – don't see any live pitching, which he'll be he'll be in the all-star team, uh, which we'll talk about later. But you take any few days off, and it's just like, man, I got to find my whole swing again. 
almost like like golf <laughs> you go out there one day you have it perfect and the next you skip a day or two and you're like man i feel like i've never touched a club so so uh, here's some here's some gallo numbers for you right now here gallo's numbers oh it's gonna hurt 65 games this year mm-hmm. 189 at bats 89 strikeouts That's mm. almost half of his almost almost half of his I hope that part of baseball is starting to sputter out because there for about 10 or 12 years when the long ball became so prevalent that strikeouts just shot up because everybody's trying to go home run or strikeout. You know, it's either one or the other. And now that hopefully you get more players like Luis or Altuve's or Acuna's, you know, which Acuna's got power, he's got pop, he's going to get his home runs, but you're consistently hitting the ball and play. Yeah. You're going to get more chances. Right? And that's what I don't understand that people don't think about is the more contact you make, the more chances of home runs instead of just saying either miss or home run, all or nothing. Since 2020, he has not hit above the Mendoza line. Ugh. For you guys that don't know what the Mendoza line is, 200? Yep. That's kind of so-and-so Mendoza hit 200 or something like that, and they said that's kind of like the – the, hey, you're still doing all right, or, hey, you need to start figuring things out. If you're below 200, you're not doing good. If you're above 200, you're doing okay or, or great, depending on how high above 200 you are. So, career stats, 3,033. Mm-hmm. Plate appearances. 1,200 total bases. 299 on extra base hits. One sack month, or one sack, three sack flies. Yes. Three uh, that's a, that's what amazes me is three sack flies is because you got a guy swinging for the fence so many times mm-hmm. you think that he would hit a deep fly ball with a runner on third at least more than three times you know mm-hmm. probably one of his is when Hamilton was on second tagged up right <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did see a highlight of that where a guy went deep center or something kind of fell down to one knee and Hamilton tagged up and went all the way home I was like dude that dude was fast that's really nice to have those wheels yeah but um we got a few uh 2000 hitters guys that broke into the 2000 hit club uh we got Freddie Freeman uh McCutcheon Elvis Andrews all busted in uh Freddie reached uh, 2,000 hits at the age of 33 and 287 days, so he's almost 34. Uh, did it, played 13 full seasons in the league, and he's about he's at on year 14 because he came in later in the year on his first rookie year. He got 24 bats in 2010, but then after that he's had about 13 full seasons and reached it around 33, 33 years of age. Um, who do you think was the youngest to reach 2,000? The youngest? Yeah. To reach 2,000. Out of those three or just in general? No, just in general. Just in general. Hmm. I don't know. And throw it back to like 1916. Oh. <laughs> uh, Shoeless Joe. Hi, Cobb. Hi, Cobb. Ty Cobb is the youngest to reach 2,000. He hit it in 1916 at the age of 29 years, 184 days. Wow. He ended up with 4,189 hits behind Pete Rose. 
who has 4,256 hits. That's wild. Yeah. Who Pete Rose achieved the 2,000 hit mark at the age of 32. So three years, 67 days, and 1973. So he did about three, he got 2,000 hits about three years later, but then he doubled it plus 256 in the rest of the, but then again, Pete Rose played till he was what, 40 something? Oh, till he was old, yeah. Yeah. The guy can still swing the bat. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, I don't know how long longer Ty Cobb played after hitting 2,000. But, yeah, Pete Rose played a ton of years. Uh, you know, former teammate, Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. How's he as a dude? He seems like a really good dude. Congrats to him. You know, we uh, played at several levels together. He's, you know, he's a good ball player. Yeah. He, Good dude all around, good family. Mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, he went about his business the, the good way, too. Yeah. So I'm saying he looks like a pretty squared away dude. Like, he seems like a really good dude, but great teammate guy, great out, off the field guy, great on the field guy. You know, he just seems like an all around good dude. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Freddie Freeman, I mean, you can't help but like that, that guy, it seems like. He seems like a great dude, too. Oh, uh, yeah. And, you know, you see videos of him out back with his kid. I think his kid probably has 2,000 hits off of him already. So there's a <laughs> that kid probably seems a 1,000 times a day. <laughs> that dude's going to be stud. Look out, class of 2042. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what year. <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know what year it's going to be, but. Probably 2038. I don't know. Yeah, 38. Yeah, somewhere in there. But yeah, he. I've always been a Freddie Freeman fan. Being a Braves fan, I hated that he left. Uh, heard there was some discrepancy on his agent didn't tell him the final offer from the Braves or something, so he signed with the Dodgers. And then he found out what his agency agent did, and he fired him on the spot. Yeah, uh, it was pretty messed up. But I wish he could have stayed the Braves. But kudos to the Braves for finding the next best thing, Matt Olson, who's been tearing it up, and. Just, and speaking of which, how does Matt Olson, correct me if I'm wrong, not get a starting bid? I don't know. We'll get into that lineup here in a minute. I got them all wrote down, all the teams that made it. But, I mean, you're, you're thinking he's one of the league leaders behind Otani in home runs. Mm -hmm. Putting up numbers, hitting balls out right and left. I mean, him and Lacuna seems like every day, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, they're deadly. You know, and, and even Austin Riley, I mean... Those three guys alone. Yeah. But, sorry. Yeah. My little, my little what the heck moment. Yeah. Well, just hold on to that thought. We're going to get an all-star game here in a couple minutes. Um, like I said, the people that had fewer than, uh, there's fewer than 300 members in the 2000 hit club in all MLB. Uh, a couple more guys started out the 2023 season that reached it, which, like I said, Elvis Andrews, he needed like three hits to get it. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon needed like 20 or 30. He got it. And Jose Altuve is probably going to be the next player to get it. I think he needed about 60 hits this year to do it. But uh, with his injury, with the hand injury during the World Baseball Classic, he started out a little later. Um, I think he's only played four something games. Um, so, so got, yeah, he started out season injured with the HPP, took with a broken hand in the World Baseball Classic. So, how many trash game games this year? How many trash can bangs is that going to be for Altuve to get the 
Uh, probably one for every hit. So he's about to Yeah. I mean, he banged it twice for curveball and four times for a changeup. I mean, yeah. 33 hits to get to 2K. Um, and that's the most recent hits he's had that's with his last couple nights, not included. Asterix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need an asterisk on that one, which. Yeah, that, that could be a whole nother debate with what old Gaddis has been coming out with saying everything. You see where Manfred finally owned up that he regrets not punishing the Astros? Oh, yeah. At I least mean, he dude, it. You're the Nazi commissioner of baseball. You can do whatever you want right now. You can still punish them. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean, it's really, there's still people getting punished for stuff they did in 2012, which we'll get into with uh, some LSU football. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any uh, limit on time where you can't punish them. So, punish them anytime, I guess. What do you do? Take the World Series away? Yeah, essentially you can. Yeah. Yeah, that power. You can. I mean, that series could have went either way, but then you got extra, you know, the pitches that kind of can tilt the skills in your, your direction for sure. And then you have two Dodger pitchers that since then basically have not sniffed the major league field because of that. Yeah. Hurts their ERA, hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not, I, you know, it, it, it's not saying that a hit wouldn't happen or this or that, but you definitely – Okay, well, I know how his curveball is. He's throwing it right here, so you're geared up for a curveball. Oh, I it mean, does help. It does help if you know it's coming straight or it's got a loop in it. That's for sure. That yeah. makes a big difference. But, I mean, I I get if you're picked up something from a pitcher like the Yankees did where they picked up on something like, hey, I know something's coming. I want to tell the, want to tell the hitter. That's part of the game, picking up yeah. signs and pitchers and tips and everything. But they were using the camera, right? They were seeing the camera from the dugout yeah. and – I think that's totally wrong. I, I had we had suspicions about a team we played in, uh, Can Emily. Not gonna name any names, but we had a suspicion they had a camera out dead center looking back, and they hit everything. I mean, you're talking about three two changeups are hitting out of the park, and you're like, what the heck? Are you serious? We had our suspicions about them, but it didn't help them any because we came back down 2-0 and won the. Can-Am Championship, three to two. So that probably tells me my Google's it. <laughs> that tells yeah. us. But, but yeah. it, it, um, they're like, hitting everything, and they hit better at home for some reason. That's what's crazy. Uh, so. Wait. Wow. That's how that happens? Mm-hmm. Weird. Amazing. No wonder you look at the home and away splits with the, the Astros. Hmm. Yeah. It's like probably below 500 away and above 800. <laughs> 800% on, at home. But yeah, uh, Elvis Andrews is part of the 2K, so congrats to him. He needed three hits, got it on April 5th. Uh, McCutcheon got his back on June 12th, so recently he was the 291st person to do it, making Elvis the 290th person. So we're getting, getting inching close to 300 people getting above 2K. Um, the only other active players, other than those that I've named, that are in the 200K hit list, who would you say are the three active players? Biggie. He's one. Let's see. Would Nelly Cruz be one? Cruz is one. And he just got DFA. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I did. Sounds like his career is almost to an end. 
see who's another old dog out there. I'll give you a hint, Canadian. Oh, that really helps out. <laughs> Lefty. Yeah. He just came back from injury. You're gonna have to help me on that one. Vado. Oh. Joey Vado. See, the Reds have been so wishy-washy up and down. It's like I kind of and I and you know I forgot he was back. Yeah. And Cabrera is the only three thousand hitter currently active. So I don't know what Detroit was doing, signing him to a 15-year deal at the age of 35 or whatever. You know, <laughs> like, like, hey, we'll give you 12 years at the age of 36. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. full-time DH. Yeah, he's going to be an assistant coach by the end of it. The last two years. Mm-hmm. That's like with all those people with like the Mets. Who did you send me the day? The Mets are still paying eight other players that aren't even on the team. Yeah, and. Just, no. Yes, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they have like eight people on the payroll that they're not, that's not even on the team, get paid millions. Where did I send that in? I can't remember what you sent them, but yeah, it's just crazy, man. They've been the biggest bust. They've about the price of two of their pitchers is worth about half of the A's total contracts. Here you go. Let's hear it. Robinson Cano, $20.25 million. Not on the team. James, James McCann, $11 million. Eduardo Escobar, $9.1 million. Chris Flexen, $4 million. Darren Ruff, $3.3 million. Bobby Bo, $1.2 million. Happy, happy Bobby Bow Day recently. Uh-huh. Tommy Hunter, six hundred eighty-six thousand, and Brett Saberhagen, two hundred fifty thousand. A total of about forty-nine point eight million dollars for players that are not on the team. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts, man. It's crazy how that happens. Mm-hmm. They can't even get a good. They can't even get a 500 team on the field. They're paying other guys. I mean, you can pay me to not play for you. I'll take that. Take it. Like I said, good for all those guys, man. I get that paycheck after they're playing. Yeah. That's a win-win right there. Absolutely. Yeah, that brings to the uh, MLB All Star Game, July 11th at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Um, I know they picked those like four years in advance, right? The stadium they're playing in. I think so. Um, I'll just read off the uh, AL starters and pitchers, and we can talk about them, and then I'll read off the NL starters and pitchers. We'll talk about them. How's that sound? Yes. So AL is the managers, Dusty Baker from the Astros. They got catcher Jonah Hine, Rangers. First base, Yadi Diaz, Rays. Second base, Marcus Simeon, Rangers. Third base, Josh Jones, Rangers. Shortstop, Corey Seager, Rangers. Outfield, Aaron Judge for the Yankees, but how they do that is when he's injured, that will be replaced by the manager selection uh, from the reserves. And I think he picked up Wonder Franco from the reserves. So I think he's going to replace Judge. Uh, outfield Mike Trout, Angels. I think Kyle Tucker from the Astros is going to replace him. 
uh, last outfielder, Randy Rosarina, Reza, Rays, and then DH, of yep. course, Shohei Otani. Um, he's, he's, he's on the pitcher's list, too. Yeah. Um, fun fact about Sh Sh uh, Otani, uh, his home run pace this year, first Aaron Judge's last year, um, he is spiking. He's a little bit above where Judge was at this time. Uh, 76 games in, 80 games in, he's slightly above where Judge was last year when Judge hit his 62. So and he plays in a real ballpark. Yeah, he doesn't play in a can of corn for sure. But Judge did have a significant spike after the All-Star game uh, between games uh, – 80 and 96, you know, about 104. He has a significant spike. He went from 30 home runs to about 45, so he had about 15 and about 20 games. So hopefully Otani can come out hot, keep the trend he's going on because he's spiking pretty high right now. And that'd be cool to see back to back years, someone chasing 62. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd like to see it. It definitely provides some excitement, like back in the day with McGuire and Sosa, both with the chase, the home run chase, back and forth. Pretty fun to watch. But uh, that brings to the pitchers, Otani, of course. Garrett Cole with the Yankees, Luis Castillo, Mariners. Uh, Sonny Gray with the Twins, Nathan Baldy, Rangers. Kevin Guzman, Blue Jays. Shane McClanahan, Rays, Framber Valdez, Astros, Michael Lorenzen, Tigers, uh, Kenley Jen Jansen, Red Sox, Emmanuel Class, Guardians, Felix Batista, Orioles, and Yanir Cano, Orioles. So, should be a pretty good time. It should be. If there's anybody that should or shouldn't be on those. I don't know if too many records or stats or whatnot. I mean, well, I got a few questions for you after I named the National League uh, team real quick. So, National League is manager Rob Thompson from the Phillies, uh, catcher Sean Murphy Braves first, Freddie Freeman Dodgers second, Luis Reese uh, Marlins, third base Nolan Arenado Cardinals, shortstop Orlando Arcia Braves, outfield Junior Braves, outfield Mookie Betts Dodgers, outfield Corbin Carroll Diamondbacks. And DH JD Martinez Dodgers. Good for him. Martinez has been in the league for a while, haven't he? Mm -hmm. So good for him making it again. So it looks like the Rangers versus the Braves going into the uh, All Star game. <laughs> right. Good lord. Uh, NL pitchers are Zach Gallen, D Bats, Spencer Strider, Braves, uh, Bryce Elder, Braves, Justin Steele, Cubs. Mitch Keller, Pirates, Joshua Gray, Nationals, Clayton Kershaw, Dodgers, who's being placed by David Bedner of the Hurts. Kershaw's hurt. Marcus Stroman, Cubs, Alex Diaz, Reds, Josh Hader, Patriot, Padres, Devin Williams, Brewers, Camilo Duvall, Giants. So, should be a fun time, but it's it's kind of sad, though, the uh, – the uh, all-star game doesn't decide the field advantage or the World Series. Yeah. It always seems like it made it more special for it was something to play for now. It's just for fun now. Uh, I mean, it was the same way with the Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's, it's all just turned into 
popularity contest and yeah it's like you know Corey seager having a heck of a year missed how many games with a hamstring injury mm-hmm. uh aaron judge injured has missed how many games with a toe injury since like june 3rd it's like okay i know these guys are capable of putting up numbers they have and they did but at the same time come on you played almost almost less than the first half Mm-hmm. That was going to be a question I had for you. Was is the fan voting good or bad? Bad. It's a popularity contest. Yeah. To me, you leave it up to the managers and the peers, and, and you know the, the the players. Yeah. They vote the starters. Then you want to let the fans vote in some 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 extras. Okay, that's fine. That's just my opinion. But the people involved in the game that take look at the stats and everything else should be the ones voting for starting. I think starting lineup should be stats. I think that you put those numbers up, you deserve to go. It doesn't matter if you're no name from something nowhere that has is worked his tail off to have a great year and has a great year, and you don't get voted in. It's like, what am I doing this week? Some people have in their contracts, you know, to make the all-star team, you know, you get, you know, incentives or something like that. And Fans just vote by their heart, not by what the stats are. And I think it should go by stats because those guys earned it. They did their job. You know, nobody would have voted for uh, what's his name, uh, Luis Arias, if he wasn't hitting 380. You know, if he was hitting 280. Yep. But you got guys that are probably hit 280 that are most popular on Twitter, Instagram, and get voted in because they're hitting 250 and can hit 20 bombs. But I don't know. I think that the voting, vote the reserves in. So if there's, say, here are our starting lineups by statistics, you get 12 reserves to vote in, open the voting process. I, I, so I, did like that, I, guess, huh? I guess now they have to have um, one player from each team, at least. Do they? I, th- I think so. I think I've heard something like that, which oh, I like that. Well, if the whole team sucks, well, then reserve. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I, I, they, I do. I do kind of agree with the representative from a team. Yeah. I mean, I get that because you got fans from all over them. Come see, you know, they got their one player there, but I don't know if you got another guy from another team that's hit better than that team's best player. You know, does he get snubbed because you got to have a player from each team? And, and I do see your argument right there, too. Yeah. So, like, what if I'm, like, third best on my team, but I'm hitting way better than their number one guy, you know? So I, I could see that side, too. But yep. now that it's for the fans now, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, do you think fan voting doesn't, doesn't really even matter now? I mean, it's just for entertainment. hmm So... It wasn't like it was where the All-Star game actually accredited to it's Game 7 of the World Series, which is a big thing. Um, I think they said the uh, last 7 out of 10 or something that had home field won the World Series or something like that. I think so. So home yeah. field, very 70% advantage. But they did say the uh, AL leads the all-time record, 47, 43, and 2 in the All-Star game. 
uh, with Yale coming in winning nine straight. They have nine straight. Who do you, who do you think that ends, ends on the 11th? Man, I don't know. I think they tie again. You think so? Yeah. What, what, just throw a random score out there. Five, nine, yeah, five, five. Five, five? Yeah. I'm going to go NL, seven, four. Okay. That's a good one. I'm writing this down so I can say I told you so. Seven, five, NL, and you got five, five, tie. I hope it's like 15 to 2, either way, one way or the other. Like, well, we missed that one. <laughs> we just won't talk about it next episode, but if we get it right, you'll hear it from you'll hear from us. Um, but no, do you do you know how if uh now how they do it? If uh if the game doesn't mean anything, you know how they choose who gets home field advantage now? No. Coin flip. It's a best regular season record. Oh my goodness. And um, which I think is fair. I mean, you got a team from the AL that's sitting at 105 wins, and the other team sitting at 95. You know, give it to the team that won 10 more or five more. You know, but if they tie, you know what happens after that? They got uh, most home runs to break the tie. Most home runs for whichever league. That'd be cool. It's head to head, so they'll do head to head. If they played, if they didn't play, then they go by best record in their own division. Gotcha. So they got three ways of breaking the tie. And I don't know what happens if it's all tied and squared away because baseball is weird like that. It probably would happen one of these days to where they got the same regular season record. They're probably like in one head to head or two and two head to head or didn't play each other. And then you go to their division record, they're probably like. 56 and 12, both of them. <laughs> Whatever the so, numbers come out to. I hope everything statistically matches up to where they're like, what do we do now? Coin flip. Does that all the time. So I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. If it happens. Mm -hmm. but yeah, coin flip. Just good old days. Here you go, heads or tails. Who wants the World Series on this coin flip? So yeah, that I thought that was pretty wild. I never thought about what they do. Well, since all star game doesn't matter what they do now, so that's how they do it. Regular season record, head to head, and then best record. So that will bring us to our second to last topic: college sports to the College World Series. We'll start with College World Series first. Uh, LSU beat Florida in three games in the championship round, giving LSU their seventh title in program history. What do you think about the World Series as a whole? Um, when the World Series started, I had LSU in Florida. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. I had LSU in Florida. It's like I wanted Wake Forest to do it to break the curse mm -hmm. but i just didn't see how going up against you know two teams like that the caliber that lsu and florida are yeah. uh, lsu's got some arms some heck of arms and some hitting and florida had all the hitters so it's like who's going to show up that day mm -hmm. you know and at the end of the day i mean good pitching can stymie good hitting yeah who did lsu lose to in the opening rounds Put them in the losers bracket. Was it Wake? Wake Forest walked them off. 
So Wake Forest beat them, and then they came back and beat Wake twice. Yep. Credit to them. I know that's far odds. A team coming back that doesn't go 2-0. 2-0 is one majority of the time, about like 85 or 90% of the time. Uh, teams that go 2-0 in the first go on to win the rest of it. But, um, yeah, credit to them for coming back. That was, I, I thought there was a bunch of wild games, lots, lots of uh, close games, entertaining games. Oh, yeah. Uh, they broke so many records. Uh, I'll get into about seven of them real quick after we go through the championship series real quick. Uh, LSU won four to three in the first game in 11 innings. I think it was the first not walk-off home run, but extra inning home run to win a game. Um, then Florida came back and stopped on 24 to four. Uh, set the records for most runs in a college World Series game. That's not just championship, just like all of college World Series are 24 runs. Um, and then LSU came back and whooped them 18 to four, which was the second biggest victory in finals. World Series game followed by the 24 runs, 24 to four. Uh, but LSU did set a record for most hits, 24 in that game ever of the 592 teams that's been in the World Series since 1947. That's insane. Yeah. So, uh, Five home run by Florida in the second game. Uh, was the uh, most in Charles Schwab, I think, in a single game. And they ended up in sixth. Well, that you're game. playing with juice baseball, so that don't happen. That's my next topic. That's my next topic because we can actually talk about that right now. Because I played at Charles Schwab, and just hitting BP there, it was a graveyard. Like, you're... You, we play. I play at so many different stadiums. You hit BP, you're at least getting a few out. You know, at the end of the round, you, you just let it eat. You know, end of the round. There, letting it eat, not even making it to the morning track, and you're just like, what the heck? So, I think that either, either it's juice balls, better BB core bats, which are juice bats, pretty much. Or it's just, you know, stronger players, which strength and conditioning has been around forever. I don't think it's that. It's I'd see their bats or the balls, which I think the bats have definitely combination advanced since going to BB Core in 2011, I think it was, because when they first did that, it was like swinging with a pool noodle. Yeah. You swing as hard as you want and barely get out of the infield. Um, but I think the bats have really advanced and really caught up back to where they normally were back in the old heydays in like 2005 to 2010 eastern bats or stealth bats you know stuff like that but something definitely changed because to have that many home runs in charles schwab like i said it's it wasn't rosenblatt rosenblatt was a launch pad schwab is a graveyard and it's just it's just the different setting of the field you know, it's just different directions they're off the hill now with schwab and uh it's just wins mostly coming in some most of the time. But still, when I think when we were there in 13, I think there was like two home runs total in the whole World Series, two, two or three. That's wild. And it was just like now there's 15 or 20. So here, here are the seven records that I found uh, that they set this year at the World Series. Uh, College World Series had eight home run ball games. Uh, only happened twice in the 75-year history. Uh, three teams overcame a deficit of three or more runs, uh, tied the record for the 2011 World Series. 30 home runs hit, second most to 2010, where there were 32 were hit. 
which was the last year in Rosenblatt. So I said Rosenblatt was a launch pad. Um, Florida hit 17 home runs total, tying a record note with LSU and USC. I think they did that in 98. Um, Ty Evans, get this, hit five home runs, uh, which he surpassed 11 players who hit four. So now he holds the title for most home runs in the College World Series. Kid had four all year in 65 games, and he hits five in the World Series. Hmm. Huh. Talk about either figuring it out or, hey, try these new balls out, you know. I mean, kudos or to him, try. but. Or try something out. That, that doesn't just change like that. I don't know. I mean, you could get hot and that happens. But I don't know. It just That's rare. Uh, Wyatt Langford hit the furthest home run in Schwab Stadium at 456 feet. Uh, that broke a 12-year record, or at the 12 years that being a swab, that's been the longest home run. And then Ty Floyd had 17 Ks most since 1972. So all these records you get broke, high-scoring games, 24 runs, one game, 18 runs, you know. But, yeah, that was that was a World Series for the ages right there. It was a good one, bunch of hits. I mean, that's that's why they do it is for fan enjoyment, you know. But it's also a bunch of pitch in there, too. True. It was a mixture. It was definitely a mixture. Um, I had just your casual fans at work, you know, that's not big into baseball, but they're like, man, I'd rather see these 24 to 4 than that 0 0 to 11. That's like, mm, see, that's why you're casual. <laughs> and you're like, I can appreciate the 0 to 0 where all these great plays were made and the pitcher just dicing, you know, and all that. And it's just like, man, that was, that was a good game to watch. Defense making great plays. And- yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want a boat race. I want a zero zero. I want a one nothing or a one one game. It's going extra. Intensifies, you know, instead of just saying, hey, we just need three home runs to win it. You know, hey, we got to get three up, three down to win it. You know, I like that a little bit better. <laughs> Who makes the first mistake? Yeah. I was like that Wake Forest LSU game. That one was good. A lot of defensive plays and everything. Terrible bun attempt. That changes the whole the whole outcome of everything. Yeah. Did, did you see that kid? He ran the wrong bunt coverage. The first baseman, he wasn't supposed to crash. First base, which was supposed to cover first base side. He ran the wrong play and crashed, and it ended up being the perfect call. <laughs> well, and you're trying to bunt a double down the first baseline, too. Kind of yeah. Out. Yeah. Man, that's that's a tough way to go, especially for being so good all year with Wake Forest, man. I was rooting for him. But something changed. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of records broken for one college world series, so something had to change. Yep. But um, other LSU teams in the news, you heard about right. that the football Ruh-roh. team? The fallout of Les Miles. Yeah, poor guy. Um, LSU football team vacated wins under Les Miles. That's going to cost him a college football Hall of Fame eligibility over recruiting violations. So. LSU basketball coach gotten some heat too. He's already moved to McNeese State or McNeese. Um, he has a two-year showcase ban uh, penalty with a suspension of ten games. So I guess he did some recruiting stuff too. But both programs received three-year probation, a lump penalty, lump penalties because they went through the NCAA's independent resolution panel, which is the self-imposed uh, penalties. Yeah. And did uh, lack of institutional control charges or postseason bans because they did penalize themselves, which a lot of uh, universities are starting to do, hoping that the NCAA takes mercy on them for already 
it's not going to be as severe as what NCAA might do, but they're going to give themselves a little bit of a penalty to hopefully NCAA yeah. ban them harsher. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's get real. They're not going to SMU, LSU. I mean, they're not going to oh. give them the death penalty. But at the yeah. same time, they'll still give them something stiff. Yeah, they could do postseason bans, which could be deadly to them. The three-year postseason ban. Um, yeah, SMU was a bad deal, but then seeing all the stuff that SMU did, it was like, uh, well, okay, maybe it was more. They were good. they were made an example for sure. Yes. Um, but LSU vacated 37 wins during Les's Miles tenure. Uh, NCAA recognized the recognizes the penalty that LSU put on themselves, so they went. Uh, 0-14 through the 2012-2015 seasons. Wow. So, yeah. So, with those losses or those non-wins, that puts uh, less out of the being able to be mentioned for the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because this is this is what happened. So, former offensive lineman Fidel Alexander was found ineligible during the 2012-2015 season because his father took $180,150 in embezzled funds from John Paul Funes, uh, the former head of Our Lady of the Lake Foundation of Baton Rouge. So pretty much he uh, hired him on, even offered his mom a job at the, at the uh, hospital or the foundation. Uh, his dad was paid the same recurring payments for five years, working less than five events for him. So I want that job where you make 180k from working four events. Right. So in five years. Yeah. Show me the money. Yeah, but this is what got him. I think is because LSU didn't become aware of the Alexander ineligibility until 2018. But Fumes, the uh, the guy that was given money, continued to represent LSU athletics till October 2020. So two years later, after they found out. But that happened back in 2015. They still kept him as a, uh, yeah. Man. So. It's like Reggie Bush all over again. Yeah, that's another thing where, I mean, now with the NIL, that probably takes that out. I get yeah. all that trouble. But it's still like your dad did that. So just someone's dad took money and Les Miles can't make the whole thing now. I'm not saying Les doesn't know. We don't know the whole details, but. Right. Um, it just sucks that there's something like that going on behind closed doors. And then if Les is this innocent, I'm, I'm, I'm treating it like he doesn't know anything, which I'm assuming he does or did. Um, but if he didn't know anything, it's kind of messed up. But if he did, then he deserves the punishment. So, I mean, it's kind of the same, same way with the whole Baylor and Art Browse thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're telling me that if Art Browse knew what was going on, he's going to let it keep going? No. People that know our brows, like he would never do that. Yeah. You know. Well, that's where uh, also everybody's like, give Reggie Bush his highs. I'm like, no, he broke it. it was the rule uh, yeah, yeah. at the time, you broke it, you don't get it. Like, just because the rules change doesn't mean, you know. Yeah. You broke the rules. If someone didn't broke a law, it's their time. And then once it gets legalized, you know, you're out, but you don't get that time back. You don't get. You know, compensate for the time because it was illegal at the time. So, man, that's gonna change all these Heisman commercials, isn't it? Yeah, he didn't get to go to the Heisman house. <laughs> <laughs> Evicted. Yeah, shows him moving in the U-Haul or whatever. So. Man, 
speaking of being evicted, let's kind of change over to ESPN. Yes. Fire sale. That's what I got to tell you. Fire sale. So, do you even know why they're getting rid of hosts? Probably to be able to pay Troy Aikman and Solomon and all these other guys these massive contracts. Well, that too, but it's it's due to a larger plan by parent company Disney to increase profits. And um, is see, that why the CEO of Disney all of a sudden has seven million dollars of renovations going on in his house? Probably, probably they they fired <laughs> twenty on air employees. And uh, CNBC reported that it was part of an effort by ESPN to meet fiscal goals this year and beyond and would hope to retain more staffers across the platform. Nah, Disney, that's because y'all got came down on hard with your shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say was uh, go woke, go broke. (laughs) But hey, facts. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Not saying anything. I'm just saying, just read, read, the, read the statistics on the last few movies they put out, and they've not done too well. So nope. it just sucks that ESPN has to be owned by them, and that's what's coming down on them too. Because you got 20 on air people. Here's here's some of the notable that, that have been fired: Jeff Van Gundy, Jalen Rose, Keyshawn Johnson, Max Kellerman. Matt Hasselbeck, Steve Young, Neil Everett, who's been with him forever, uh, Ashley Brewer, Todd Shea, David Pollock, and Susie Colbert. Colbert, Colbert, Colbert. But yeah, those are some big names. Some of those, you know, like Todd McShay and Max Kellerman, you know, they got had their own shows and everything. They obviously forgot one. Who did they forget? Freaking Stephen A. Smith. Why? I wouldn't be mad, but they kept they kept Perkins, uh, they kept uh, who was the other one? Uh, Booger, you know, wow. freaking Booger McFarland. They kept Tony, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know what's gonna happen there, but get this: they did ESPN did sign Pat McAfee to a five-year, eighty-five million dollar contract. Good grief! Because he likes to stir the bucket. Yeah. He's he's allowed to have anybody from any platform come on, so he's not like solely he's like an individual contractor for him. So he can have anybody from any form of contracts to come in and do interviews and stuff. I guess that's what they like him for, because he's got a bigger uh, outreach. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's just that's sad for all of them. There's going to be a different face for ESPN for sure. Mm-hmm. Don't know how that's going to work, but there's a lot of. Wonder if these guys will, will pan off and get their own shows or go on different shows or whatnot. I don't know. Van Gundy, assistant coach of the Mavericks. Come on. There you go. There you go, Jalen Rose, coach in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it'll be it'll be weird. It'll be definitely weird. But they'll move on. And I mean, I watch ESPN a lot. It's just where I get most of my news and just catch up in the morning or something. Yeah. Enjoy that. And, I don't know. We'll see. A lot of changes, man. A lot of stuff going down. A lot of information we just gave you there. It's probably one of our. We keep getting longer and longer. I guess we just are better, getting better and better at talking about stuff. We're just finding more information to talk about. That and this time of year, there's a lot going on too. So it's uh, yeah. Well, we'll we'll do better to dwindle it. Yeah. Hey, I'm okay with it. If people like yeah. listening. And you like listening, and you're you're driving long ways, and you 
want to tune it in or watch half, listen to half of it and the other half later, hey, we're here to provide some content. We want to bring it to you and hope that you're biking and subscribing and sharing and getting the word out there. We just want to reach as many people as possible and have a good time with it. It's fun. Absolutely. And, you know, once again, if y'all have any questions, concerns, comments, ideas, reach yeah. out to us. Yeah, I think our most active one is, uh, I think the most active one is Instagram. If you go to High Heat Podcast on Instagram, DM us anything and ask us questions. Uh, I got people that want to come on and do interviews and talk about stuff. and We'll try to get you all in and whatnot, talk about different subjects and get some fans' opinions on stuff. And hopefully have some good uh, hosts or guests on and everything else. I wish we could expand this and have a good time with it, man. We're doing this for our enjoyment. And old Jeff had a, had a prior engagement. That's why he wasn't able to join us. He, he was out of state. I got you. No worries. Well, he, we can get him another time. We'll be making episodes all the time. So oh, yeah. hopefully we can get old Jeff Ryan here one time. Stir the pot a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Enjoy your fourth week. Get some okay. sleep. Some more sleep. Yeah. Get up all night, you know. Yeah. You what was Get your craziest call last night? Probably hit the bed again. <laughs> yeah. Do that. What was your craziest call last night? Craziest call last night. Man. Oh, somebody shooting off fireworks near a school and caught a corner of it on fire. Nice. I mean, not for the school, but by the door there. We had, a, yeah. we had a drunk guy flip his car. And when we pulled up, he was hanging like a halfway outside his, it was upside down. He was upside down. He was hanging halfway out his window. We're like, dude, this dude's dead. Like, he started moving though. We're like, oh, he's trying to be nervous. The caller called in, so he's trying to crawl out. And so he was stuck underneath there, and we had to get the spreaders out, rivet, and everything. And dude was drunk. So that's another thing. Don't people don't drive. This people. Luckily, nobody else was on the other because he went all the way to the other side of the road overcorrect and came back and his heel flipped over on top of him. Um, the guy thought he was still at his house. That's how hard he hit himself. He's like, I'm at my house. What are you talking about? And I was like, sitting there, trying not to argue with him. There was no reason to argue with him. It's like, like, calm down. I'm at your house. Or a car. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm at my house. I'm like, dude, we'll get you out. It's like, open the door. I'm like, dude, it's crushed. Like, <laughs> the door is half the size of what it used to be. We can't open the door. But that was all. I mean, uh, I think Peter Zeering half. That's about the Siri ripped his earlobe and half. Siri? <laughs> 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 I didn't say, yeah. Stupid Siri. This is me and technology. <laughs> yeah, one of our stations close to us, they were on an injured person. The guy messing with a shotgun managed to basically shoot his foot off. Oh, dang. There was a stabbing somewhere last night. I didn't hear how that went, though. I was like, man, people just get too drunk or too mm-hmm. late or trying to party. And, I mean, celebrate, but do it smart. Was, man, there's too many people that can help drive and whatnot because the people that saw him was a mom and a kid in their van coming up the road. I was like, what if they were coming up two minutes earlier and on the side? Because it's a big, steep slope that takes like a hairpin turn. I guess he took that too fast. And when he did, he went wide, went off the road and 
Oh. It, came back and hit the slope. And looked over. I was like, man, if that family was coming up two minutes earlier and on this wrong side of the road, yep. just lucky it was just him in the car. So, but prayers for him. Hopefully he's fine and learned lessons. And hopefully he learns from it because he thought he was at his house the whole time. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Hit his head so hard. Yeah. Bow, had a bowel movement, so that's when you know it's bad. Cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was about the only crazy thing we had yesterday other than that bush catching on fire from someone lighting a Roman candle or something. It went right to the bush at Harps. It looked like it was a house on fire with how much smoke was coming out of that thing. So, yeah. Other than that, silly, got, silly decisions. Yeah. Yeah, just hopefully he learns from it. He seemed fine enough to go to the hospital, but who knows? We've had other calls where we got a motorcycle, seemed perfectly fine. His girlfriend looked the most hurt, and a buddy showed up on scene and said, you got to check on him. He's not doing too well. I said, all right, we'll call another ambulance. Guy ended up dying later. He was up walking, up around walking, talking with us. I guess he didn't know where he was or whatnot. That's kind of what raised suspension to us. And, and a few days later, saw away it's like what the heck I, said, I was just talking to that guy so goodness yeah never know man wear your helmets on motorcycle can only help but enough of the morbid stuff happy fourth of july you too happy birthday america um we'll hit up a, another episode in august because i won't be back till like the second so getting away from the madness yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna flip the phone off. It's only gonna be a camera for the next 20 days, and I'm gonna get away. So you're gonna have to update me on all the sports stuff that happened. Cause I'm gonna be MIA out in the middle of nowhere for some days. I'll start taking notes. I'll break it up and see what we can what we can do. We need to make it into two episodes. We can so. But I hope everybody's got all their fingers. Hope everybody ate well. Hope everybody got to visit family. So, God oh. bless. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Oh, nothing. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you joining me, like always. Um. Till next time. Heck yeah! Thank all you, right, all you guys, for listening. Thanks for joining us. And you know, once again, stay with us. Talk to us. Let us know what you're thinking. Sweet man. All right. Catch you later. Bye, bro. Bye.